way he would say it. He appropriated From, siblings. Well, brother, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't. Ha- he he would do the A without the hard R. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. And he wore do rags. He's he's a Florida man. He wow, yeah. I mean, that's, he's Florida man. Yeah, I get you know with that. Like dyed hair. Even though he's got you know, bald head. On the top. On the top, not on the sides. Not on the sides. That's that bozo. That's the what sides is longer. It's a crazy, like, it's like when you see him with the the bandana on mm-hmm. and one of the longest bandanas, Duragian, yeah. some would say. Duragian, you say. Duragian. Duragian. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like, all right, this guy's cool. And then the minute, like, it comes off, you're like, yo, this guy's crazy. Yeah. And no, then, for sure. And then back in the day, they used to cut themselves. They used to hide a razor to cut their like heads open, so, so they the would be blood. bleeding yeah. from the head. Yeah, isn't Extra-curricular that crazy? Curricular blood. Like the fu- the crazy part is, if they would have just talked to like uh, like a special effects department people, like all you have to do is put a little packet of blood up fake there. wrestling real blood. But but why? <laughs> the thing is, just like especially during like Everything we're talking about like during fake. the eighties. Like yeah. in the eighties, it's yeah. like when it was just like, oh man, we fi- just found out what AIDS is, and it's like, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Let's all let our ho- foreheads bleed Let's all over each other. Let our foreheads bleed. I mean, I don't think they were worried about in the wrestling community. They, you know, they. I mean, injected. I think they should have been. They got needles. They got blood. Okay, they're just <laughs> they're just in the risky business, you know. I'm not. I'm not mad at that actually. And the thing is, you be you might be surprised, but how little I actually know about wrestling. Okay. I've never watched an actual episode of wrestling in my life. Okay. I don't know if they call it episodes. Or a show or whatever. Whatever it is. I don't yeah, I guess Do you, what, do what, you watch do wrestling? They, I watched wrestling from like nineteen ninety eight to two thousand. Oh, you had a solid two years. I had a in. solid two years where I consumed all of wrestling possible. Wow. And, and how, like, how were those two years? I mean, renting everything from Blockbuster, understanding the history, like like looking up, you know, like whole backstories, wrestling magazine. Like I had two. That's me. I when I get into something, I get into it. I see that. And then I I also drift in the in a different direction. But you can't even call it ADD if it was two years. Like you were just like, okay, I learned all of it. I get it. I'm moving on. Something else has caught my interest. Yeah. So I mean. Did you you had to have enjoyed it during that time though, right? Oh, I loved it. Who was your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler, I was of the okay, so I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And that is like home of of Ted Turner and all he's doing. So, um WCW was heavy in the city of Atlanta and we got TBS for free. Okay. Everyone got it over the air. Nice. So we would see Saturday Night Wrestling, you know, just by chance. So, and WWF wouldn't come near Atlanta mm-hmm. because. It's too black? No, because of the WCW presence in Atlanta. Oh, so they would okay. never come. So then I, the people I got to see live was all WCW. So that's what I, I didn't I even into. know what WCW. I don't even know WCW. All, all I know was WWF. And was it, there was another one, the NWO? Uh, NWO was was a faction in WCW. It was like a like a gang. They were a, oh. uh, they were the bad guys. Okay, they, yeah. So that's when Hulk Hogan turned heel, became Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Okay, yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know anything about. I I know certain wrestlers. I've seen clips, 
Like, I think The Rock is one of the funniest wrestlers in history. One um, of the best to ever rock the mic. He's just hilarious. Like, for me, it's like you go back and watch it. I'm just like, just, it's funny. Like, mm-hmm. for me, it's like not intimidating. It's funny. Um, but it's extremely entertaining. You know what I'm saying? To see him talk shit and then, like, back like the people's elbows. Like, a, what did he do? He, a big he wiggles hit. his leg. In the air and then drops an elbow on you. Yeah, no, he does like a thing that doesn't help with momentum at all. Nothing. And then drops an elbow. Great showman. We haven't started the podcast oh, yet. Oh, sorry. My bad. I'm here with, uh, what's your name? You don't even know it my name. It doesn't matter what your <laughs> name is. Come on, we were just talking about The Rock. It's... No, that was good. That was good. I, that, was, that was well done. That was well done. Brandon Edwards. Oh, my God. Are we, are we back? You're back. All right. Do I get under a table or something or? No. I'm just saying, like, those are gunshots, weren't they? Yeah, but we stand strong in the gunshots. Oh, okay, got it. Sorry, my bad. We might be the shooter. This is the Inconsistent Podcast with Rob Hayes. What's so funny? It's just the juxtaposition. <laughs> Had no clue what song to pick mm. for... Brennan Edwards. This feels like a video game running. Like yeah, open. yeah, yeah. It feels like an open to me. But I mean, I, I was laughing because you're one of my, you're one of the funniest people ever, in my opinion. And but your 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 comedy comes from your extremely high energy, um, and how energetic you are. Come so, on, man. So for you to match that energy with the, 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 all these crazy sound effects was just, it was for me, it was very fun. Okay. Yeah. I um you know I've been compared to Martin Lawrence, mm, mm-hmm. Chris Tucker, Arnez J. I can see that, yeah, maybe yeah. Arnez J. <laughs> yeah, no, like when you see me, you're like, yo, is that Arnez? And I was the, thinking Jim like Carrey, like a young Arnez, yeah, Jim Carrey yeah. for sure, <laughs> you know. Um, and so yeah, no, that that's what, basically you mix all those people together, and then you get Rob Hayes. Rob that's, Hayes, that's me. Um, <laughs> Brendan, uh, the first time I met you, we were doing uh, Keep Your Distance comedy. Yes. I was um, intimidated. By me? Little, by just the whole experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I was um, in a place of uncertainty, hadn't done a live show in months, possibly years. Considering it's like keep your distance. No, like, when did you first do it? I first did it in 2020. You did it in 2020. I mean 2021. Yeah, I thought you did it in 2021. 2021. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of time because you did it in like early 2021, which means like in 2020 there was no live comedy shows. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It might have been like a year. I did it in uh, yeah the fall of 2021. So oh, so you might already had some because I did rolled. some like apartment shows and some some stuff. I'm sorry. Well, a, a, Apartment shows? Yeah. I've never... What is this? You go over to somebody's apartment, people sitting down on the floor, you do a show. Really? Scared. <laughs> terrified. Thinking, <laughs> I'm I'm endangering the people who might I, I might come in contact with by doing this, mm. but I want to do jokes so bad. That So you literally risked your life to get the jokes Backyard out. shows. I mean, backyard seems like much less of a risk. I did. I did a show on a pickup truck. You were standing on the pickup truck? Standing on a pickup was truck. Was there a microphone? Yeah. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Low-key outside, it was a dope show. Actually, that's the show I went and did when I like found out I was going to do 
keep your distance. So that was like your prep. Yeah, that was the only in-person prep I had. Everything else was on Zoom. So I mean, you obviously ripped it. I have all this anxiety. Uh And then you, who are like the villain of (laughs) the whole operation, just like like messing with people and poking at people. And I'm so worried that like this is not coming from a friendly place. Like I'm I'm worried this is a setup. Like they they're trying to expose that Rob Hayes has been on Zoom. You know, like mm-hmm. like the, that's why I am in my head. I'm like, yo, this, I because I don't. I didn't, I didn't mess with you though, did I? No. Okay, good. I was. But I that that made me feel like, what if it might come my way? You know oh, what I'm saying? Like, what yeah, if he yeah. makes his way over here? Well, also, also, I'm so in my head. I'm so not like my hundred percent self. You know, and I'm subconscious about it. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I was just worried so much. But it ended up being fine. It ended up, yeah, we were, you know, we ended up being cool as hell. We ended up being cool. You yeah. ended up, uh, you know, allowing me to come and support some of my friends that came out from Atlanta and yeah. stuff. And I, I do appreciate that a yeah, whole man. lot. It's a good time, you know. And uh, yeah, and now you know. Oh, let's been, not. But then you also, uh, you know, I, I thought you were great on stage that day, and then because of that performance that you did on stage and the, um, the uh, copious amounts of energy that you bring, copious, the copious amounts of energy. <laughs> <laughs> that you bring to every moment. Mm-hmm. We we're like, he would be perfect to be in workplace comedy. Man, and yeah. what man, I didn't know that the reach and the the amount of people that would see that. So many I've done several televised things. Right. But the people that hit me about workplace comedy, you would think that's the only thing I've ever done. You I mean, that episode is my favorite episode of workplace comedy. Workplace comedy might be my favorite thing that we've made. Uh. And so you are wow that was that was a good sound effect there. Um, he made that with his mouth, guys. That was not an actual sound effect. He literally just felt that as we were talking. Um, but he he killed it. Like he were the best uh, Tony Baker's best long lost best friend um, to the weatherman. Um, and the uh, the the handshake that you guys made up. I literally cry laughing watching oh, it every man. time. That was just yeah yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, if they let me do this, it's going to be crazy. We did. You know, and I was, I, the whole time I was trying to just throw stuff at Tony and see if I could make, make him laugh. Make him laugh. He's, yeah, he's unbreakable, bro. He's, he's somebody that I like respect a lot and just, you know, mm-hmm. think he's hilarious. And so my whole goal was like, man, I get, I get to play with Tony Baker. This is great. Yeah. This is great. Like this. <laughs> Spinning yeah, a circle. Somebody let, I don't, you know, Get to be around often, and so yeah, I would wanted to make a moment. It was it was dope. Well, was for dope me, that's when you solidified it in my heart. I was like, Rob Hayes is one of my favorite comedians. Oh man, yo, that's amazing. Oh, we can do another. Oh, yeah, there it is. All right. <laughs> so, um, Brennan, I what I've heard around the Kev on stage community is uh-huh. that you're a stickler for people being on time. Ooh. That's and, 100% and, from him right and, now. <laughs> that just happened from Cameron. Cameron is sitting right here running the technical side of it. And, um, um, I'm a stickler for people. I am. I am a stickler for being people, people being on time. time. And um, I and just to, we're going to go ahead and just address it. I was late to the you podcast You were late today. to the podcast. I was late. Uh, I'll have to time. make sure to, 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 in the most beautiful way, thank Cameron later for making sure you knew that. 
Um, understand that will be coming back on him in the okay. most beautiful way. All right. See, that's the villain coming out. That's oh, the I'm villain. I thought you. That's what I thought you. That's what I thought you. That's the direction I thought you were gonna go in. Yeah. No. That's 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 it. I um I do want to know what like how would you describe your role at Kevon Stage Studios? I am the the president and COO. Um, pretty much just the president, but like, I'm. Yo. One of the, the founders. Oh, oh, there's a lot of people. When people lie, they never say COO. Yeah, you say CEO if you're gonna you lie. You say CEO if you're gonna lie. Yeah. Chief Operating Officer. Yeah, so like I'm the person that like makes sure everything happens the way it's supposed to. Okay. That I would say that's the easiest way to put it. But I'm also kind of in charge of a lot of the things that happen as well. Okay. Um, okay. And so I oversee all the operations of the organization. So I don't like oversee. Uh, Personally, okay. that that's a little offensive. Overseas. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Hey, I'm just I saying. Overseas sounds a little, lead. a little Samuel Jackson ish. You know, I what I'm lead saying? all the operations. For okay, the lead all the operations. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So I lead all. The we operations. don't have to use the proper words here. Like you know, whatever words. I make this shit work. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. However I run this wanna, shit. Does that work? This is not a job interview. <laughs> I can't hire you. You I mean, already not with that attitude. But you're already in charge. Yo, but you're a famous show writer. You might be like, you know what? Actually, I need a villain. I want to write Brennan into this. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm in a network show now because Rob Hayes decided that I was funny enough or villainous enough to be See, in the thing. you worried about the wrong thing. you worried about a network show when you got a network. I mean, that, you know, I feel like that was a sound effect. I said, that was a, if there ever was a time to have a sound effect. I right? mean, here's the thing. I, I really do need someone else to do the to sound, do the sound effects, effects for me. Yeah. You know what I'm we saying? Seem, but you also seem to really be having fun with it, though. It's a, it's a, it's a blast. I yeah. do have fun with it. I think it's good for the listeners. It's good for the people yeah. who, you know, because especially the audio experience, I imagine this podcast is way better just because. No, this will be the podcast to listen to on Mushrooms for sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> Have patient. you ever done mushrooms? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you like it? Yeah, I recommend it. Have you ever done it not in nature? Ooh. Every experience I've had has been very similar where I start in a space of like comfort but okay. always have access to nature. Okay. Um so I've never done it where it's just like I'm in a secluded like you know, concrete jungle or something like that. Yeah, I've never yeah. done it in that space because that's a feeling that I always want when I'm doing it. I'm always want to be out and like be around trees. And sure. So it's like that feeling always comes to me. So I'm like, if I'm ever going to do this, I always set aside a, enough time um, in a really comfortable space with people or a person that I'm really comfortable with and they have access to nature. Wow. A plan. Oh, dude, come on. <laughs> As I, this is, I, you I, I make you plans. you never had a place that somebody's like, hey, you want a microdose? No. No? No. Okay. I'm never like, so not, nobody that ever just slides been... it across the table. Like, you know what? F it. Let's go. Like, that's might have been half the times that I've done it. <laughs> really? Yeah. The, every time I've done it in New York, it was not my plan. Because I wouldn't plan to do shrooms in New York. No. But, How was that? I mean, like one time I did it, I was out. And it was like. You mean like out on the street in the streets, like going no, out partying? No, or? I was like in a spot, and okay. I had to sit down, and I'm sitting down, and and the everything that's happening around me is like a movie. Ah, oh. but the mood of the movie keeps changing. Like it's like a happy movie, and mm -hmm. then it's like, oh no, this this started out <laughs> happy. Now but this, this isn't is happy a, I have to leave this movie. Yeah, I have to get out of here. Um, the other time I did it was on the Fourth of July. And fireworks? I'm scared of fireworks already. Why are you scared of? Do you have like some trauma with that, or? 
Um, I'm scared of fireworks because I don't trust the average person with explosives. I think that's a valid. I have a short story for you for that, if you don't mind, really quick. Sure. That is valid. I was at okay. my boy last year. Um, I was at my boy Donald's house. He had, he lived downtown LA. Okay. And we were on the rooftop, his rooftop. They have like a high rise. They're on the rooftop of this place, and there's a bunch of people up there. And there's one guy who's out there doing fireworks. Now, mm-hmm. Donald's wife is pregnant. She's mm-hmm. like seven, eight months pregnant at this point. And this guy has this big box of fireworks. He's setting some off. And he's, I could just be like, bro, you, you have to have a base for fireworks because the, they propel each other. You know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? So it can mm-hmm. move around. So I went over and talked to him because I was like, yo, you're not doing this in a safe way, bro. Like, you got to die a lot. He's like, okay, yeah, whatever, bro. And literally the next firework he lit, it flipped over, it spun around, and then it shot a firework right at his pregnant wife. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I can't. Is she okay? She was fine. It blew, up, like, it blew up right okay? behind her. It went under her chair and blew up right behind her. And so then we obviously exited uh, the space at that time. Um, but for me, I. I saw Rick because I love him. He's like my brother. And so that makes her family to me too. So I love her. Yeah. And I was like, saw Red. <laughs> yeah, I was that's, so mad. That's scary. Like, I just talked to you about that's this Negro. Scary. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but yeah, that's Is a good there a video of this? No. Because if there was, I would send that to the Supreme Court. To the like, Supreme this, Court? This is what you guys are causing to happen. They're shooting fireworks. Wow. <laughs> they were trying to do an abortion, like with a firework. And y'all, it's only because you made it illegal. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens. This is your America. This is your July 4th. This is American as a gift. We have abortions with firecrackers. Jeez. How do we get to, go back to your fear? How did you? Uh, okay. Why are you scared of? Fire? All right, goodness. Okay. I'm sorry. This is not my podcast. <laughs> my <bad>. man. Uh, <laughs> you took it. I just followed your lead. You were like abortion. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just... Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, they don't need the context of the of the video. They'll they'll get the message. If you, know? you use that clip right there to promote this podcast, I will never forgive you. <laughs> Doggy. Just in so my you know. head, I was like, that. No, I will never. I'm just clip, saying, just like, that's one. the clip. Like, yeah, man, when Brennan was joking about doing abortions <laughs> with fireworks, that's it. Let's use that. That's what's going to make the people come. I, it might. Wow. <laughs> this guy, Rob Hayes, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Hayes. <laughs> I do need applause. I don't have an applause sound effects. I do, I do need that. That would be helpful. Um, yeah. So, anyway, my fear. Like, all you have to do to have fireworks is just be able to go to a place that will sell you fireworks. And be old enough. And be above 18. Or get someone above 18 to, to buy them for you. Buy fireworks for you. Yeah. That's not enough. Well, it also That's depends not, on the state. You're not a pyrotechnics person. And those people mess up. Well, it depends on the state you're in, though. Because, like, in California, you can't buy the ones that shoot off in the state here, can you? You I know can't in Michigan buy you can, them here, but you can, you can them acquire off. them somewhere yeah. and then bring them here. There's so much effort required, though. If you're willing to travel to across state lines to get these like, type of explosive, then you know, for me, there's a level of dedication to that. That means that you're probably going to be dedicated to being like somewhat safe with them. No, what if you want them no. that bad? That means you've had them before. No. Yeah, if you go just for the fireworks, if you go across state lines on a trip and you come back and there's a big sign that says fireworks, you might be okay, like, that "Oh, that happens as well." I'll get the fireworks there. But what would you say you the percentage back? of fireworks? I think most people intentionally are like, "I'm going to blow shit up this Fourth of July." Yes, but that doesn't mean those people are like. I'm going to safely blow stuff up on the 4th oh, of safely? July. Oh, safely? I don't know if that's a word that's ever considered. 
Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, okay. And all I'm worried about is my safety. So, you know, I but, um, well, I have associated a memory, right? The, I remember seeing fireworks as a child. I also remember having some sort of injury where I had a Band-Aid on my head. And somehow I, like, put those two things together. Maybe I had a dream or something. And so I associated a memory of me being hit by a firework. Although that's never happened, according to wow. my parents. Okay. It never happened. I have that association. So do like when the governments do fireworks, does that make you uncomfortable? Anybody. Baseball but teams. But it's like there's the fire department doing it. You're like, I'm not comfortable. You think I trust the government? I would trust the fire department to save me from a flaming building, yes. Yeah, I would trust them to save me from a flaming and building. And honestly, the answer is yes. I do think you trust the government. I think, I think, uh, okay. I'm just saying, the reason I say that is like, do you eat food approved by the FDA, FDA every day? Do you stop at red lights? I mean, do you take showers in the water do, that the government I provides? I stop at red lights. That's I, trusting now, the government. When it comes to traffic, that's the I'm, government. I I am a stickler for obeying all the laws of but traffic. But that is government. Who made those laws? Who for who runs those lights? It's the government. So you're saying, do I trust the government? It's like, well, in certain aspects, you trust it with your life every day. That doesn't mean I trust everything the government does you didn't say that you said in general you do not trust the government you said i don't trust the government you think i trust the government i'm like yes yes you do you might not trust every aspect of the government but you definitely have trust for it i study political science so we can go we can go there if I, you want. two studied political science oh let's do it yeah yeah we're both not using those no not at all yeah we both can use it now we about to start for no reason yeah yeah of course. Um, wow, you study political science? Where'd, yeah. you go? Where'd you go? I went to the University of Georgia. What was the focus of it? Because mine was like public administration, public policy. My focus was getting out of school. That was literally <laughs> my actual focus as well. Like, like what happened was I was pre-journalism. Mm -hmm. I didn't get into the journalism school. Damn. I scrambled, and I found something that... I have like some sort of interest, especially at that time. This is like it was Obama, Obama time. time. Yeah, yeah. And it was like it's fun to watch. The I news. literally did the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. I was pre-business, and I was like, I don't like math, and I failed a math class, and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. What can all my credits transfer to and graduate me in the amount of time that I have the scholarship for? Yeah, and also plays in my strength. They're like, I was like something that's reading, writing, and talking. They're like political science. I was like done. And then around that time, I'm discovering comedy. I'm discovering, like, stand-up. Right. So I'm like, all right, I will, you know, maybe, you know, stand-up will, will use some of this stuff eventually. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's my focus at that time. What was the most interesting thing you learned in school for political science? There's the one thing that, that never will leave me that I learned. It was like, Interesting bam. thing that I learned. Um, hmm... He's really in it, guys. Eyes closed. I don't know. You didn't learn anything interesting? No, I'm trying to think of the most the most interesting thing I learned. I don't know. Come back to me. All right. I'll tell you what mine was. Yeah. I remember that we were talking about media, the media, mm -hmm. um, specifically the news and how it works and how it influences politics and how it influences policy. And that also influences how our public uh, uh, sector employees interact with people. And our professor said, um, always remember is that the media can't decide what people or you think, but it can decide what you think about. And understanding the difference is mm. a really powerful place to be in. You know, because it's like they could talk about coronavirus virus and tell you whatever they want to all day. 
you might not agree with what they're saying, but you're going to be thinking about coronavirus now. That's true. You know? That is true. So we are, they put it out there. We start talking about it. Here we are. Do you watch Do you watch any news? Do you watch any local news, any national news? I any? listen to the NPR. Uh, like I listen to NPR. Okay. okay. The podcast every day. On my way into work, I listen to like the little four-minute ones they have mm-hmm. on the way in. Normally when I leave, I, I listen to it again on the way home. Mm. Um, then I have like Apple News, so like I read articles and stuff sometimes. But I don't, gotcha. I don't watch like CNN or Fox or anything. I don't watch, I don't watch TV at all. Actually, I'm starting to feel subconscious that I don't read the newspaper. You mean like the physical newspaper? Yeah. Do you listen to anything that gives you keeps you updated on anything? Of course. So then, what, 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 why, why do you feel like you need to listen to read the newspaper then? Because my parents read the newspaper, and their parents read the newspaper. But that's because they didn't have access to what we have access to. They yeah. didn't have a they didn't have a little gla- piece of glass in their pocket that tells them everything they want to know about the world whenever they want to know it. But it also is trying to sell me stuff at all times. And newspapers don't have advertisements. They do, but it's like uh, it's right in the here. middle of the articles. Yeah, but you, how do you think they learn around how to dis- it? It makes it fun to read around the art. That's the, the same thing. Ads. You can read articles and the same thing. You read, have to read around the ads nah, when you read an article. Nah, it's not the same. Go to see it. It's literally like they took. It's not the oh, same. Oh, you going you, you loading up on that? That's I'm, where we are. Just, That's what we, we just know. loading up on that. It's like I didn't know. That's where we, you're like. No, no, it's more of a, a symbol. Got yeah, it. Yeah, no. Uh, Those are distracting, but I really like them. <laughs> they're not to distract. They're just to you know. It's just seasoning. No, but I like Audio them. That's what seasoning. I'm saying. Like I'm enjoying them so much that they okay. distract me. It's not so much like I'm distracted. Well, stop doing I'll, it. It's more so I'll like keep doing it. I'll leave you alone. I'm, I well, apologize. I didn't. I want them to keep going. I used to uh, really be into like equal time laws. Like equal time. What do you mean? Like basically, when you have an election, if you give a certain amount of ad time Got to you. somebody, yeah, then you can't give. You know. You have to give their opponents the same amount of time. That's yeah, that's fun. And then like when uh Arnold ran for governor in Cali. Because of equal time laws, they couldn't play his movies. What? Because he was running against thirty other people and then you would have to like yeah, you'd have to, you would just ruin whatever network. So like so many Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, because they used to all kindergarten cop terminator, There's terminator so two. Yeah. You know, uh, Total Recall. Yeah, all that stuff was not being played. Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, I've never even thought about that. I mm-hmm. mean, for me, I put a lot of thought into, like, trying to figure out how do we get past Citizens United? Okay. You know you know what Citizens United is, right? Mister, I studied political science during the time that Citizens United came out. Uh, you know, enlighten the people. Enlighten the people <laughs> at home with, with Cameron. You know what Citizens United is? That's it's pretty much what allowed corporations to be treated as individuals when it came to con- um ca- uh, campaign contributions. Because before there was a lot of restrictions on how much money they could give and okay. how they could do it. Like they had to show like full disclosure of all the investors and all this other kind of stuff. It was just like a lot of things that made it really hard for corporations to be able to influence financial financially influence uh, elections. Okay. Um, but Citizens United came out and it took all that away and said, no, each corporation has the right of an individual. And now that it has a right of an individual, it means it has a right to anonymy, uh, anatomic, whatever. It means that we don't, they don't have to disclose anonymity. anonymity. Thank you. Um, I can't say that word. Um, but the anony- anonymity, damn, that's a tough word, um, was really important because now okay. you can create a shell corporation that has the same rights as you and I. And that shell corporation can be like, I'm giving $500 million to this private oil interest 
or to this uh, this this politician that I want to vote against this climate change bill or for it or whatever I want to do, mm-hmm. they can do that now without any form of being able to be traced back to saying, actually, that was Rob Hayes who did that. It's no, it's that corporation. Um, so that changed everything overnight, like how politics in the United States happens. Overnight, everything changed. And so now we're like into like full on evil politics mode where it's like it's almost like we're in the end game when it comes to politics because it's like it truly the only thing that matters now is who has the most money. Um, before it's still like the votes and everything still mattered to a certain extent. But now whoever we put into office, it's like they have to be like damn near Bernie Sanders or AOC or some shit to not be politically influenced or financially influenced because they won't be able to be reelected without the same amount of money their campaigns should have versus mm. the other people. So there's no limits on the camp- amount of money you can get as a campaigner. There's no limits on how many advertisements you could do. And then there's also no limits on how much money a corporation can give. And so if I want to be like a very loving person and say, I want to do this for the people, yeah. I want to help them out, like Citizens United like almost makes it impossible for somebody who has even a tiny chink in their armor when it comes to their ethics like you can financially fill that hole, and now you have a politician that's beholden to whatever corporations gave him money. Hey man, that's the saddest thing ever said on the history of this podcast. Um, well, welcome, Brennan <laughs> Edwards, guys. Brennan Edwards, I'm here to bring the good Jeez. times. Oh my god, I think it's important people know this shit. Yeah, though, no, you know? that is that is very important. Also, it's like you see it, you see it, you see it. Super Tuesday. Everybody just dropped out. Yep. Everybody, it was like, yo, nobody, y'all just gonna leave us with Joe. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Uh, but he's, I can't get over how old all our politicians are, too. Like, you know, Nancy Pelosi is the leader of the uh, the Senate House of Representatives. Like, yeah. The, uh, major- majority I, speaker. I do know that. She's speaking of the House. Do you know how old that. she is? 81. Two. She's 82. 82. Now, think yo, about this. I'm My sorry grandparents. About that Nancy viewer of the show. 82, you know, I forgot. Shout out to you. <laughs> my my grandmother is around the same age as Nancy Pelosi. And like I I don't even feel like I wouldn't I wouldn't let her run. I, I love her. She's That's crazy. Up. But That's I'm just saying up. I wouldn't let her run like I wouldn't let her run my business. How about that? I wouldn't let my grandma run the business, let alone run the company. Run the country, I should say. Hey, you can't put all eighty two year olds in a box. No, I agree. Nancy Pelosi you know? is, is, has been doing the exact same thing since before we were born. She's been in the same job forever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how come we can't get young people to come in and do stuff anymore? How come things haven't changed? How come things haven't changed? Oh, that's right. Because the people who are, are, are capable of changing them like, have not changed. That's the same people in the same positions. Like Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi. You sound like Joe a hater. Biden. Oh you yeah, sound like Mad a hater. hater. Why are you hating on Mad these? Because we don't have term limits. Getting these, we should bags have term limits on the in their old age. Hey, if you eighty out there, get your bag. This okay, dude. get your money. You've seen a lot. You know what I'm saying? These young whippersnappers, they come through. Hey man, I just got the presidential age. Jabber, <laughs> you know they they got their websites and they and they smartphones. Get your jigger bug and get your bag. <laughs> Yo, you know jigger bug. Yeah. Wow. I mean. I'm, look, I'm not here to hate. Than a I'm not, you don't even know about the jigglebug. You you got to be a senator to have a jigglebug. All I say is I fully support people getting their bag, but just remember that you can't take it with you. You can give it to your kids. Yes, I'm sure. And they, your kids need it because you've been getting a bag for a long time. So man. they probably need it so much. All the people in their 80s who watch the show, shout out to y'all. Hey, shout out trust funds. Make sure you have. Make sure you have a trust, everybody. 
Where are you from, Brennan? I am from a suburb of Flint, Michigan called Grand Blank. A suburb of Flint called Grand Blank? Yep. So what what is that like? Are you um is it like what what kind of town? What is it? <laughs> you really were trying to politically say this. What what's the real question? I thought we were just like what's the, what's the real question cuz you hesitated. What's the real question about the town? Just like what is it like? Like, you it know. Was dope. I like Grand Blank. Uh it's small. It, you know, how big was your was your schools? How you My know? graduating class was like a little bit under 600. So okay. it wasn't a small All school. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a small school. Was the school in the town? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, downtown. Downtown Grand Blank is where Grand Blank High School is. Did uh do y'all are there other schools? Is there in a Grand choice? Blank? Do y'all play against like schools in other towns? Yeah, for sure. So it was like we were a part of a, you know, thing I think it was the Big Nine is what it was called. Okay. So we had a bunch of like other all the other suburbs of Flint. <laughs> like all right. we would play against them. This and, guy and the Flint remembers schools. his conference from high school. Well, I played sports. Okay, you know? what'd you play? I played basketball. Really? Yeah. All right. I thought I thought that was just a rumor that you started. No, no. That's. I mean, I would love to start that type of rumor <laughs> about me. Um, but you heard the rumor of people. Uh, you probably see me talking shit to somebody. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, mm-hmm. So you played what position? Uh, I was center. Center. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> like okay, well, what happened? Face, like, what's face. the story? Like, is it a? I'm joking. I played point guard. <laughs> All right, all yeah, right. Just I, for those who no, don't know, I'm your whole town. Like, I am five, I, I'm five seven. I, I, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't really at you and your ability to play center. Because if you played center, that means they needed you at center. Yeah, which means yo. How big is everyone else on the team? Or how big was my heart? <laughs> how big was my heart? How small is this team where they're like, Brennan, you you know you a five. Get out there. <laughs> you, I'm out there just body. You them. It's get like, Yo, under man. the basket. All I'm right? just body. You know what I'm saying? It's a low center of gravity. The tower coming through. Brennan, my <laughs> man. Come on. Yeah. So, okay. Protect the glass. Right. <laughs> so, you're, you're a point guard? Yeah. Wow. So, are you, were you intense? Or are you just like basketball all the time so, hooping shorts under your clothes any a game I, can get started anytime calf raises I used to be a, in I the was, lunch line i was obsessed with yeah. basketball but i was also obsessed with video games and comics and stuff too so okay um but i mean for me i was obsessed with basketball but um our school was a basketball school okay yeah like our school it was a sports school like grambling was a sports school like all okay. our sports teams were really good Okay. And so uh, I was 5'7". So for me, you know, I made the teams, but I rode the shit out the bench. Um, wow. Yeah, I was good. And okay. I was, the thing is, I can beat the average Joe. If I had been, if I had gone to any of the other schools in our conference, I would have been a starter. That's what most people say at most schools. Yeah, I, would, I mean, for me, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to own it. Um, I, and I, I, told I my felt ace, the same way. I was like, yo, if I went to a different high school, I'd be on a team. Our team won state, and they got their guys. But, like, you know, if I... No, nah, I mean okay. I'm gonna I'm say it. I'm own it. I'm, but maybe not. I'm also very short. But I was good. I was if I was to compare myself to a like an NBA player for reference. Okay. Um, outside of the obvious physical comparison, I actually played a lot like Chauncey Billups. Okay. Um, I say like I was a floor general. Big shot, Brendan. I could hit the shots. I was clutch. I played good defense, and I could get okay. more rebounds than somebody my size for no reason. Um, but I wasn't like. I wasn't the guy that's like, I'm about to drop this guy. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense of I wasn't dunking on nobody. Okay. Like, I was fast. I was strong. I was smart. Um, so people normally like having me on their team because it's like, you know, I'm not going to make mistakes. And I'm going to get the ball where it's supposed to go. That's dope. That's you know? dope. And I play good defense. And I talk a lot of shit. So it was fun. Okay. All right. What yeah. kind of things would you say on the court? Uh, I would. I mean, it depends on what's going on. Like, I remember 
a lot of things that I would I would just be I would be trying to get in my opponent's heads. Okay. You know, so like for example, if we came down the court and they, you know, tried to go left and I got in front of them, you know, something like that, and I stopped them and like made them pass the ball, I'm like, yeah, I bet you pass it again next time, bitch. You oh, know what wow. I'm saying? Like that kind of shit. Like pass the ball. This ain't for him. Like, and when like they're running around, I'm staying on my man or whatever. I'm just like, I'm like, no, kick him, give him the ball. But he probably scared. Like, oh, he ain't gonna wow. shoot. Okay. You know, so like throw him off the okay. game, and it works. It worked a that, lot. That says a lot about about Brennan, the the, the COO, villain. the villain. Yeah, the, you got the same kind of mm-hmm. slap your hands down energy sometimes. Yeah, I did a lot of that. Coworkers, <laughs> I did a I lot to you. slap the hands. And, yeah, yeah, hit the stance. I was good for um, that. Yeah, I would. When I play basketball, I would always say things to try to throw my opponent off. So I'd be like, I forgot to clip my fingernails on my <laughs> left hand. So just letting you know, if I scratch you. <laughs> It was an accident, you know. Wow. Like they clipped on the right, so don't worry. You know, my shots the same, but on the left hand, I forgot to. So wait, what? So did you did you play in high school and stuff? No, I I never made a team. Ah, how, wait, how tall are you, Rob? I'm six one now. <laughs> the way you I said it now, yeah, yeah, I did. I didn't get my height until like junior year. But I'm saying you was over six foot, and you still didn't make a team. I, I didn't make a team. Did you try out middle, after junior? I tried it middle school. I tried out in high school. I never made a team. Was yeah. the team? Do you have a really good team at your school? Our team won state. Oh, it wasn't just a yeah. riff. Yeah, I, I spit facts. Okay. Our team won state. My team didn't. Our team. My team actually just won state like last year, but that has um, nothing to do with when I was there. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to uh, the mosquito. He he was on our team. Lil D. Um, he's got. All kind of stuff. He plays basketball all over the world, you know. Um, yeah, some of our guys went on to uh, play college football, play, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's but very athletic. But yeah, no, we had we had some not some Rob though alternates in the McDonald's game. We had, you know, we yeah, we had some, we had a squad. That's what's up. Unfortunately, that I never, left me I never it. got to play to my potential. Um, I told my ACL when I was sixteen. Wow. Yeah. So like. Like literally the day before J- JV tryout, so I only got to play freshman year. I tore my ACL like the day before tri- uh, G- uh, JV tryouts, and uh, and then I got it. The surgery got it recovered, and then like the second day coming back, like in practice, I tore it again. Dang! Uh, I was just like, well, I have retired from this. I'm wait, wait, what did your folks say when you tore it again? <laughs> I'm done playing basketball. They're not. Yeah. Paying, they're not paying for any more surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you're done. Like you focus, focus on the focus on the book, son. That's crazy. How how much was how much is a surgery for something like that? I don't know. They didn't tell me. I mean, my dad was is an engineer for General Motors, so I think we had pretty good uh, pretty good insurance. But it didn't seem like it was cheap. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, what, what was was it impressive that my dad's an engineer? What was that? Come on, man, give it up. Your <laughs> okay, dad's an right. yeah, yeah. engineer. Yes, that's mm. crazy. Hmm? And you're not good at math. I'm okay at it. You're okay at math. Like up up to algebra, I'm good. Like algebra one, but when you get into like advanced algebra and trigonometry, geometry, I'm 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 checked out. Trig was my jam. I that's the only class I failed in high school. I failed. Dang. I got a zero point zero percent in trigonometry in high school. Zero point zero. Like I took the first test. I remember like she put the paper down. I sat there and looked at it for a few minutes. I wrote my name on it and then I just hand, handed it back to her. I was like, there's no reason I should do this. Like, that's, that's I'm gonna waste both. I'm gonna waste both of our time, and I don't want to do that. It's honorable to write your name, though. Oh yeah, I was like, you, I like, mean, hey, just, I'm I was gonna here. take this zero, but give this zero to me. Dad's an engineer. 
okay, what uh, what did mom do? My mom was at home mom. Okay, um, she did like substitute teaching, and she was a counselor, and you know that kind of stuff. Hey. <laughs> Got to give equal love. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. No, that, I mean it's it's a bit of a flex. There's a lot of people that don't have that life. You know, yeah, what I'm no, saying? for sure. Yeah, a lot of people don't have like yo. Uh, she making lunch, homemade lunch. You no. eating the school lunch? School lunches. School lunch. Okay. Yeah. All I right. I don't recall my mom ever making my lunches. Maybe when we were in elementary school, but I don't even remember it. Okay. She All made right. us. She, I remember her teaching us how to make. You our own seem lunches. like you had a lunchbox. You didn't have a lunchbox. No. Dang. No, I don't think so. All right. I don't All recall right. it. I don't recall it a lunchbox. Nope. Okay. You know, I would just. I. I Cody sack. Uh no, didn't live in a cul-de-sac. Lived in but the neighborhood I grew up in was at an apple orchard before it was a neighborhood, so we had a bunch of apple trees. Apple trees. Don't recommend okay. them. Do not recommend them. Threw apples at people. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got some apples thrown at you. Oh, definitely. They hurt. Okay. Really bad. All right. That's when you have an abundance of apples when you start throwing them. Well, if you don't treat apples, like mm. they're disgusting. Oh, so you throwing rotten apples? Yeah, rotten apples, but also just like deformed apples, and like they're all really small. Because like the reason our apples are so big is because we treat them to make them bigger, so we have we more. We treat them with chemicals. Think, man, think. Mm. You know, but we do do that to make them so that you know, because otherwise it would take about four or five apples to give you what you get from one apple right now, which is just seems like a lot of a waste of energy. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So it was good times. But Rob, I, I want to know. I want to know more about you, though. Like, well, get a podcast. Okay, you're right. Y'all gotta. You're right. I'll shut up. This is your podcast. I just well, curious. Rob, let's put it on you. What else didn't you learn? I think in you're college? more. Inter- I think you're more interesting than me. I mean, hey, man. Uh, you know, we we only have you as a guest when we have you as a guest. You're right. So you're here like, all the time. You know, I I'm here all the time. I I don't know. What what do you want to know about me? Um, no, I was gonna ask like if you didn't play sports in high school, like what was your thing? Well, okay, I didn't say I didn't play sports. I didn't play basketball, even though that is my favorite sport. Um, I did play chess, football. Oh, okay. Up until sophomore year, and then I played soccer. Our first ever soccer team that we had, male soccer team at Mays High School. And that means you were trash when you first started, then. The guys that weren't Mexican on the team were trash. The, that means you were trash. As a non-Mexican, <laughs> I was a very, very entertaining person on the bench. Like, I really kept team morale. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, yeah, shirt around the head, like all kind Petey of stuff. Pablo, I got you. Come come on. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a blast to be around. Everybody wants to be next to me on the sideline. Except for the coach, he's got to focus. Shout yeah, out yeah, he Mr. probably Chicago. coach probably didn't like you very much. No, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, didn't like me, but loved me. But was like, you know, like I yeah, love you as an individual, year, but this like, year chill wouldn't out. have been the same without you. Right. You know, but um, yeah, um, we had some non-Mexican guys that were that were really good. We had one guy that was Jamaican that set a record for goals in a game, fourteen goals. What? Who are they playing? What? Just other Atlanta high school soccer is not really big in Atlanta. No, obviously, fourteen <laughs> like, goals in a yeah, game. Yeah. I feel like they would just blow the whistle, give him the ball, and everybody would just get out the way and he just kick That's it. That's basically the it. Yeah. We got so many offsides penalties because it's just like, <laughs> how do you know? know? You know? Yeah, because dude gets the ball and it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is 
absolutely hilarious. 14 yeah. goals in a game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that the competition was terrible. Maybe. Maybe. We might have ended some soccer careers. We might have, you know. They were never careers yeah. if they were getting scored and 14 then, goals. And then I'm talking crazy trash from the sideline, you know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm, hey, I lost count. I don't even know the score. You know, because, <laughs> of course, we don't have a scoreboard. Oh, no, it's the, it's, it's the first it's, year of a soccer team. It's the first year of a soccer team. Um, we used to call soccer player. You know what? I'm not going to do that. All right. Yeah, don't do it. Um, I don't know. What else What else would you like to know? Um, I would like to know what was... Hmm. No, that was it. All right. I also was a, a varsity in debate. Debate really? all four years. Uh, that actually to, that that I that seems that seems correct. Went to the Atlanta Urban Debate League. Uh, they would take me downtown to Atlanta every Wednesday, and I would uh, watch. You know, we just work on like we'd have huge tubs full of evidence, and we'd have policy debates. You know, tubs full of evidence. Yeah, so huge. We go to Walmart, Walmart, or uh, Home Depot, get a big plastic tub. And then it would have like these accordion files full of just evidence, and we're just making evidence all day, and just yeah, printing out stuff, different articles, I, and I, everything. Bro, debate is way different in in reality than what it is in my mind. Because I'm like, what y'all? Have yeah, to, I, I had no idea that even I had no idea what goes into debate. Oh yeah, no, it's it's crazy. You get one topic for the whole year, and then it's just a race to just find like the best arguments and stuff in. Huh. Yeah, was, so is it the same topic as other teams? So everybody gets the same topic. And yeah, you just have everybody to, gets. But the they same they topic. give you the side you have to take uh, for it as so well. So there's an affirmative and there's negative. So ah. affirmative is like you know proving whatever it is. Yeah, and then what's, what's an example against, of a topic? Um, one topic we had one year was like coral reefs. Like you know, should we um mine you know around coral reefs or should we be protecting coral reefs and that type of thing. Uh, one year. It that seems was, like an easy one. If I was on the positive, on the negative, I'd be like, "Oh, humans need oil." Yeah, some years it'd be like school uniforms. Some years it'd be like weapons of mass destruction. You know, it just that's it all over just, the place. It would be all over the place. Which yeah. one was your favorite? My favorite? I don't know. I was. It was such a struggle. It was. It was just always just such a struggle. I feel like. Uh, one year was like the issue in Sudan, and so I knew like all kind of stuff going on in in Africa and everything, and in you know the like um, the different ramifications if you call something a genocide versus if you don't, and like like what that means from a, a UN perspective, you know, and like yeah. actually like that's why sometimes genocides happen and they don't call them genocides because if they do there are certain actions they have to take and so you know it's like kind of an awakening of like man this is messed up and also this is happening right now and i'm the only one in my class that even knows this is going on you know that's wild yeah well, i remember you said the un i remember that was what my final this like paper i had to write in college i had to write like a 10-page paper on the effectiveness of the united nations okay um, and I came to the conclusion that it wasn't effective at all. All right. Because of the veto vote. You know how that works? The veto vote? Mm-hmm. 
there's uh, five superpower nations that mm-hmm. all have mm-hmm. that all have the ability to veto literally any resolution whenever they want. Yeah, and so it's almost impossible for the United Nations to do anything because there's always a country that's going to be like, "Nah, I'm good." Always. Yeah, it's because I mean, normally it's like it's either Russia or China. Normally. The whole squad got together during World War II, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're like immediately after, they're like complete opposites, Cold yep. War stuff. Yep. And so, yeah, it's just remnants of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in, until World War II pops off again, they're never going to agree. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. much. Well, I hope it's World War II because World War Three. I bet you World War Four is going to be fought with like <laughs> no, sticks no, and no. I, they they are not effective in World War Three. They're only in fact effective in World War Two, <laughs> the sequel. The like sequel. it would have to be the exact. We only same can use thing the same technology. Yeah, that's the only way that they're effective. World War Three is some other stuff that they're probably we're going to split us all up and be on different sides of. But World War Two again. Well, I mean, it's they funny to me. Helpful. You ever think about that, like with like Ukraine right now? It's like the the war, the the stuff they're fighting, using to fight in the Ukrainian war. And it's just like they're like, man, you know, we need more of this artillery. We need more of these things. I'm like, our technology is so advanced that we don't need artillery. Like, if we wanted to, that whole either Russia or Ukraine could just be leveled, <laughs> like gone. Like all of the, the command posts, we could do that like this. So I'm just curious, like, all right, cool, man. Get her, get them the AKs, get them their artillery, so they can do the old school war, like the the you know the World War II type of fighting. What did you think this show was? I thought it was a conversation. With what Rob did you think this show was? Did you think this show was a place where you could talk about Citizens United? Yes. And the Ukraine. Yes. And and and. <laughs> Like, like, what, what kind of energy are you bringing here? Why, why are you bringing this this week well, energy? I'm just saying, to like, my fun, silly sound effects podcast. <laughs> well, I brought the energy of of you told me that you studied political science. So I'm I like, did. oh my gosh, I could talk about politics with this guy. We we can totally talk about politics. So those things you just said are all politics. You know what my paper was about? I would love to know. Remember the 2000 debate. With Al Gore and George W. Bush. I do. And they both wore the same tie. Don't tell me that's what your paper was My about. paper was about the red tie. That's what my paper was. Like, how did they, you know, like all the you research, wait, wait. all the stuff that like went into such an important moment and they ended up with the same color tie well, on. It's a, it's a power tie. It's the power tie, but yes, but they're both. But it's not a good move that they both had on the same color tie. That's almost a wash. It is a wash. If you both have a power tie on, then they negate, for sure. I told my professor that's what I wanted to write it on, and he was like, I don't think that's a good idea, and I still did it. Yeah? And what'd you yeah. get? I have a degree. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you just George Bush that. That was the most George Bush answer possible. That was hilarious. Like, I have a degree. C's get degrees, baby. Come on, here. man. Come on, man. Hey, once I discovered stand-up, I was like, I got to get out of here as fast as possible. Like, I'm just... So wait, why didn't you I just, why didn't you just leave at that moment? Like, why did you need a degree? I knew that my parents... W- I was super manipulative. Knew my parents would help finance my dreams for a second if, if I had did. a degree versus if I didn't. So wait, you're saying you manipulated them. They didn't manipulate you. It was a mutual manipulation. Got it. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, as I, 
for me, it's eerily, it's crazy to me how eerily similar our college experience was. Okay. I graduated and did all that. Just like my goal was like, I don't want anybody to, I want everybody on my ear. Okay. Like, I'm going to get a degree, so shut up. That's kind of what I was, I was just, I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. absolutely done. I'm doing this, so you can't say shit to me. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know? Fire. But it sounds, I mean, to me, that's what you did too. <laughs> you know, you were like, I want you to help me do whatever the hell I want to do and not tell me shit because I did exactly what you told me I was supposed to do. Yeah. No, that's real. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, but part of it was I got so bogged down with the plan B. I knew I wanted to be an actor from when I was four years old. And then I didn't do anything to put myself in position to, to be, be an, an actor. actor. Zero. Because everyone in my life was telling me, what if you don't make it? What if you don't make it? Mm. You got to have something. What if you don't make it? To the point where I was just like, you know what? Cut the middleman out. I'm not going to make it. Let me just, you know, come up with a backup plan that that sounds good. What, what, was, what, was, that ba- what, was, that, what was that backup plan that you felt sounded good? Probably equally as competitive and difficult, which was journalism. <laughs> but I never excelled at journalism because it wasn't like equally as competitive. my passion. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. It's, it's like, like I would, I would like because I'm settling. Yeah. I'm settling. Yeah. I'm not really like, hey, what's my skill set, and what is you know what am I born to do other than the thing that I care about the most. It's like, all right, I can't do this. What's closest in proximity to that? What is going to give me the feeling uh, that I would be missing from doing that? Interesting. Yeah, I, I never had a clear vision of what I wanted to do would be. I just did shit. Like, whatever. Dope. So how do how do we get here? How do you get into production? How do you get into the Kevin stage universe? Like, how do we get? How far you want me to go back? Because, I mean, you can, any, well, where, where do you want the story to start? You're throwing an apple. Oh wow! In Michigan, <laughs> I'm throwing an apple. <laughs> All right, so after the the epic battle of Apple Wars, uh, yeah, yeah, um, I found myself graduating from uh, Oakland University with a political science degree in 2009. Worst time, Oakwood, Oakland, Oakland, Oakland. Oakland That's in, in Michigan. In Michigan, yeah, yeah, it's, okay. Oak, it's, it's in Oakland County. So Oakland County, it Michigan. It is a D1 school that has a D1 basketball program. Oakland University, they made it to the the, the dance about three or four times. Okay, you know I mean. Basketball is done. We, you know, no, it ain't done. It's never done. <laughs> basketball is for life. Basketball is life. So you about? played at Oakland? No, hell no. Exactly. It's done. I played with them though. Oakland. Okay. Yeah, I was. You I, I, I would with be them, on the practice squad. Four no, no, I'll uh, play basketball. Oh, with them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was not as good as them, but they would let me play with them. <laughs> they would. I was like, I was honored. I was just like, y'all gonna let me be on the court with you? They would. They're yeah. like, yeah, you're good enough. I was like, all, all right, right, cool, dope. Um, practice squad. Shout it was a, such a bad idea with my knee. But I, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Uh, I love basketball. Um, so graduated from Oakland, political science. Worst time possible. Had absolutely no options when it came to the job because of okay. the economic downturn. Okay. Um, when I was in college, I was the president of an uh, entrepreneurship organization. And uh, during that time, we had formed a partnership with Walgreens. Okay. And so that partnership let me get an internship with Walgreens the summer before I graduated. Then they gave, offered me a job when I graduated. So I worked there for a few years. Ended up being like, yo, I respect the company, but I hate the job. So I left and started working nonprofits in downtown Detroit. And then uh, I did that work with kids for a year. I loved that. And then from there, 
I was like, all right, I see the ceiling here. If I stay in Michigan, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to live a life that looks just like the life of every single other person I've seen around here. And I'm like, that's cool and all, but I don't want that. I don't want it. I don't want to know what my life is going to look like. I want to have, I want to see what I'm capable of. <laughs> I want some uncertainty. Yeah. I want to like, yeah. If I'm going to take a risk, I'm 22. I want to starve some years so that I don't <laughs> so, eat good. I have a twin brother, Alonzo, mm-hmm. um, and he was supposed to come out with me to L.A. Did and, he play basketball? Uh, he played with me. He didn't make the team, though. He didn't really uh. care. He didn't really care. He wasn't super competitive. Like He was hella, way more athletic than me. Like my wow. brother is like my brother is like a hyper athlete. Like I'm a good athlete. He's like a hyper athlete. Wow. Um so he had the physical gifts to be able to play, but he didn't have like that killer instinct. And I had that. Like I'm like, I'm here to win and you will lose. And so I could will myself to be play above my level where my brother was just like, I'm just here because I want to hang out with my brother and our, my friends. <laughs> like, so I, I will keep up with everybody because it's easy for me to do that. Yeah. Um so we were supposed to go to uh, L.A. together, uh, move out here, um, but he got an offer because he's a musician as well to go work with a big music artist in Atlanta. So he went and did that. I came out here. by mm. my, I drove out here by myself and I didn't know anybody. Um, I had a couple people who connected me with a couple people. And so I was couch surfing and homeless for like the first year. Um, I was out here and I came out here with the attitude of like, I'm going to happily help everybody that I can as much as I can to okay. the best of my ability. And then I'm going to get discovered or noticed. Um, and it took about seven, eight months to do it. Uh, a woman named Audra Bryant uh, gave me an opportunity. She's she's incredible. Love Audra forever. She even works she works with Kevin State Studios now, actually. Um, but she uh, gave me an opportunity to uh, stage manage her play. She had a play she wrote. Okay. And the director taught me how to be a stage manager because I thought I just kept the, the stage organized. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out, I was running the lighting cues, the sound cues, like all the actors and the, the ushers and everything. But it went great. And after the last performance, there was a woman who came and she was just like, I'd like to take you uh, to, to lunch. And I was like, are you paying? She's like, yes. I was like, I'm in. Um, and then she pretty much interviewed me for the whole lunch. And I was like, what is going on? And she was like, oh, I want to uh, hire you. I was like, for what? She's like, the X Factor. And I was like, what is that? Oh, man. Yeah. You didn't know what the X Factor was? I had no idea what the X Factor was. And she's like, just show up to this address on Monday. I'm going to have you be an outreach coordinator with me. And so I showed up and it was the corporate Fremantle Media, corporate okay. offices. I was in there. Yeah, like my office, like I'm sitting here, the executive producers for the show sat right there. Simon? uh, Simon was technically an executive producer for the show, but he didn't come into the offices. There's two Simons. People don't know that. There's two Simons. Okay. Uh, There's Simon Cowell and his his business, the silent partner, another guy named uh, Simon, who runs all the business stuff. And so he would be in the office occasionally, but it was actually a bunch of British dudes um, that, you know, they were cool as hell, actually. And so I would, uh, I ended up working in that office and working for that show and getting moved to different departments over the course of a year and ended up being stuck over into the producer's department. And they liked me so much by the time the job ended, which I was blown away by. I was like, jobs end? I'm from Michigan. You get a career. You're in it forever. Nah, dude. That's how you get fat. Bruh, exactly. So they were like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're like, nah, you ain't getting fat. Get out in these streets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so one of the producers recommended me for another job. Um, and it was for another production company that was doing travel channel projects. Okay. And that was tra- like small crews, like six or seven people traveling around the country doing a collection of shows for the travel channel. Um, extreme yachts, extreme uh, doomsday bunkers, extreme um, RVs, big cool toys. They all had the same format, but were different shows for this uh, for travel channel. So you work in on X Factor, you, then you leave there, you go to travel channel, yep. extreme yachts, extreme. So if it's got an X in it, you thinking 
you got it. So you like, I'm about to work on the <laughs> you next X Men. You just drew like X-Men. the craziest, like you know parallel. what I'm saying. First class, you know, I'm in there. I'm, Bro. I'm in, I know I'm on the production. I my X resume is going crazy. Yeah, I, that's uh, you just drew a line that did never existed to me Come until on, this man. moment. That was amazing. That deserves something, doesn't it? No. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I think that deserved that. One one horn. Rob Hayes in these streets, <laughs> man. Out when here. it comes to X's, my man Brendan, he got you on the production side. We you out know here. what I'm saying? If it's got an X in it, X Files coming back, holla at your boy. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? The truth ain't out there without my man Brendan. You Yo, know? Pimp my ride exhibit. You know what I'm saying? Like, X to the Z exhibit. You know what I'm saying? I'm down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It'd be the greatest man. show ever. <laughs> so all right. So gas is in Burbank. Like moving out here and like seeing like, oh, this that's where they yeah. That's where they pimped the ride. No, yeah, and seeing like West Coast Customs and it's stuff. It's right by Walmart. Yeah, I've it's seen it crazy. a bunch of times. I'm just like, this is a real place. It's right there. Yeah. You know? Um, Sorry. No, it's all good. That was hilarious. <laughs> I forgot where I was. Oh, so that's where I met Tony Valentino. He was okay. A, I was the pro- producer. He was the assistant camera operator at the time mm. um, on that show. And Tony Valentino had the idea of starting a production company because he's like, these people aren't geniuses. I could do this on my own. And he's like, I'm gonna travel. To, he's like, I'm gonna travel to Asia, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna shoot a bunch of cool stuff, and I'm gonna sell it, and it's gonna be great. And I was like, that's a stupid plan. I'm not doing that. And he's like, well, I'm gonna do it with some other people. And so he just left and did it. If you know Tony, he's a very strong-minded person. That okay. when, he gets his, when he gets his teeth into something, he ain't letting it go. And so he did it. And he called me from Asia. Was <laughs> like, all right, the people I did this with are stupid. This isn't gonna work. You may or may not have been right. When I get back, you're doing this with me. Um, we're going to do it right. And I was just like, and at the time I was, I had moved on to another job. I was working for the BBC uh, okay. on the Top Gear. Okay. Um, no X's in that one. Um, I was working on Top Gear at the time, which is the coolest show ever. I'm driving Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Bentleys and Rolls Royces every day, you know, getting the cool, like learning about production and like permits and working with like super experienced producers and being validated every day. And he was like, yeah, man, you, let's go do something for free. I was like, nah. And so he got back. Um, and he's one of my best friends at this point. I was like, all right, cool. You know, let me h- help you out. I was trying to give him like camera operator jobs and I was hooking him up with stuff. And he called or texted me every single day for like okay. four months. I was like, we're starting a company. I'm going to start a company with you. We're starting a company. And he wouldn't shut up. And the only reason that it worked is because he found the chink in my armor is that the last two jobs that I took as a producer for the different networks promised me I would get to travel internationally. I had never gone anywhere outside of the United States. And I had a passport since forever. <laughs> And the most recent job I got, they're like, we're going to definitely travel you overseas. And then that job ended, and they never did it. And I was like, I was really upset because they had an opportunity to and just decided not to. Mm. And so Tony knew I was upset. He's like, we can go travel right now. Let's do it. And so we ended up inventing a show um, called uh, Destination Everywhere uh, that is like the Anthony Bourdain of music. It's actually on the Kevin State Studios app right now. You can go okay. see it. Okay. Um, that was the first project that we ever did. We went and shot that in Cambodia um, with a Grammy-winning singer-songwriter named Everywhere. Uh, we shot that. We knew how to shoot stuff. Mm. Had no idea how to edit stuff. <laughs> had okay. no idea how distribution worked. Okay. So we came back. We cut a sizzle. And we're like, yo, look at our sizzle. Buy our show. Make us rich. You know, we had no idea what we were doing. And it ended up being is that people would see that sizzle and be like, yo, this sizzle is lit. Like, y'all really did this. Well, I don't need this. But can you do this for me? You know, can you do something else? And that's mm. how the production company really got started. Okay, okay. Is that people just kept asking us, like, they saw our work, and the more we like, did. You know how to do stuff. You make I stuff I don't happen. want that, but, yeah. Yeah, do this. Do this. And so then we started getting, like, super dope jobs where we have, you know, I've, we got to travel the world. We got a job that took us to over 30 countries. 
Wow. Um, that was literally visiting five-star hotels and restaurants. Wow. Uh, so I've been on, I've lived a life of luxury overseas. Uh, okay. In the most beautiful way. Luckily, okay. Very luckily. I didn't deserve that. Um, so we did that. And then we ended up doing a bunch of stuff for like nonprofits, uh, like the Sierra Club. I had a friend who worked there. Okay. Um, documentaries, uh, doing like environmental stuff. Mm. And we won some awards for that. And we started getting more work like that. Then we started working with Bloomberg and working with like uh, Climate Works and doing like these giant documentaries that spanned multiple countries. And, you know, I was like just doing them. I was like, this is great. Wow. Um, and in the meantime, documentaries about what? About all about climate change or about like ways that people, oh. ways that things are happening that can help educate other people about how they can do it so for example like um the biggest the first documentary we made was called reinventing power um for the sierra for the sierra club okay pretty much it 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 gave a depiction of what is happening around this country in regards to uh renewable energy it's Mm -hmm. like most people look at texas and you think oil but texas is actually the number one wind producing state in the country like people don't think about that. Like, wow, you know, like they do a lot of wind in Texas, mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. lot. Like this wind, like we think you do it here in California. Texas got us beat by a long shot. They out there doing it, you know. But they don't, they don't promote that because it doesn't fit the Texas brand. Yeah, you know. But like they're going to, if they keep on the same track that they're on, like they're gonna have all renewable energy for everything. Mm-hmm. But most of Texas's oil stuff is in refineries and exports anyway. So they're not even using the oil and stuff in Texas. They're using the renewable energy but selling the oil to everybody else. Mm. And so like the documentary was talking about how the, the new the new wave of energy um, and renewables are starting to change industry um, for how we get our energy. And so we made a documentary about that in like I think in seven different states all over the country. Um, so that was cool. Man. Yo, you done all kind of stuff. Yeah, man. You know, we be out here. That's crazy. You ever you, so y'all was like recording the polar bears when they was you know what I'm saying <laughs> sinking on stuff. Oh, we didn't do that. Nah, most of our stuff was like based around like people and like what their experiences were. Like we did, we got to be out in nature and do naturey stuff, but it was never directly about the nature. Gotcha. It was just about like how we're interacting with nature to be able to not destroy the planet or how we are destroying the planet. Like we did a whole documentary on coal ash. Oh man, that's just terrifying. Did you know that like most of the plastic in in the world was produced after two thousand four? No, I didn't know that. Isn't that's, that sad? That's extremely sad. Like, that's after, what we happened, knew better, after we knew after better. After we knew right? better, like Captain Planet already in syndication, and we doing way worse. I just need to know where the Planeteers are at. That's where I'm at right now. Come Rob, on, how do we man. find the Planeteers, man? Hey. Captain Planet was he was too liberal with the power. Who he was like the power is yours, and he really should have <laughs> kept the power for himself. He should have and like just regulated. Which planeteer would you be? Come on, man! Uh, I'm, I'm, Don't say Kwame. I got Don't one. Say Kwame. I got one. Don't choice. say Kwame. No, Earth. I say the power. The power is not the color of their Earth. skin. Come Earth. on, man! <laughs> you could be the little monkey dude. You about the same wow. skin tone as him? Love. Wow. Heart. Oh, wow. In the in the age of monkeypox, you really going to say I'm going to be the monkey dude? Yeah, yeah. I, I, nah, did. I did that. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, what is like a good power? Because then, like, that's pretty powerful. It is. You know, you can control the water and stuff. You go, you know. Fire? Fire. Uh, wind? Not... Wind is cool. Wind is cool. I think wind could light stuff up, bro. Honestly, in the live action version, wind's getting off because wind's like moving people around, you know, mm-hmm. on some like, like tornado. 
Yeah. I'm like, all right, everybody over here, get over there. They mm-hmm. have no choice. Mm-hmm. You know, or put up a firewall. Wind probably work best on the basketball court. You oh, know, bro, you, you making all the shots. Yeah. That would be but crazy. you can't play in a ring that is against the rules, so then you mm. got to put it on your pinky toe or something. I don't even know how to respond to that, Rob. I'm just imagining somebody with a pinky toe, like a pinky toe ring. You wouldn't one. know. You wouldn't know. They got on shoes. With Jordans. Like, yeah. It's a size too big. No, Don't worry mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, okay, so we were doing all that, and on the side... <laughs> We're gonna be, I'm getting to I'm gonna get to your question because I have to get to it. I asked you how far you want to go back. You said throwing apples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're almost there. So, okay, cool. Uh we so we did all that and on the side, mm-hmm. um, Tony Valentino had a massive obsession with comedy. And one of his favorite comedians was Tony Baker. Mm. And so his fiance, Maya, painted a picture of Tony Baker, presented it to him after a comedy show that he did, and said, Will you be in one of the skits that we wrote? And he was like, you didn't have to paint a picture. I would have done it. <laughs> but Man. And so he ended up being in a few skits. What if he lied? Like, actually, what if he was like, this is exactly how this business works. <laughs> Get to painting. Yeah, give me your art. I'll give yeah. you my art. That's the only way this works. It's the only way this works. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to ask him about that too. Like, would you actually have done that? Because it's like the gesture is really what made you want to yeah. do it. You know? Oh, man, this is great. Keep them coming. Well, this is be- <laughs> and this is before Tony Baker was Tony Baker. In a sense okay. of like, you know, he still had the gap tooth. You know, he's he had less than thirty thousand followers at the time. Um, he was just really like he wasn't just getting started. He's been in comedy for years, but yeah, yeah. he was like really just starting to get started on online. Um, so we did that, and that went really well. And at the time, I had a YouTube channel um, called Droner, okay. and it blew up in the space that it could have blown up. So we did that. It was going really well. We saw the limit for it because who cares? How many people are really going to care about learning about camera drones? But we learned enough about YouTube to say, Tony Baker, you should have your YouTube. And he was like, oh, we were also like, you should have a comedy special. He was like, oh, okay. So we shot his comedy special and we took, you know, we took over his YouTube channel and both of those did went crazy. Um, and because of his YouTube channel, he uh, uh, introduced us to a bunch of other comedians, one of which being Kev on stage. Um, Tahir and all them, they would come and be on Tony Baker's YouTube channel. So we ended up working with Tahir on his and got very close with him. Creative wording is hard with him. And that happened. Man. So we did all that on the side. <laughs> And this is all on the side. So we still okay. have our main job is like working on these documentaries, doing commercial work, doing all these other things to make our main money. Then the pandemic hit. That's that. That was that. Wait, that, that was that. There we go. That was the pandemic sound. No, no, that's that. Yeah, that's the pandemic sound. Give me that one more time, please. And then the pandemic hit. That's like the happy pandemic. Yeah, I like that. Um, so the pandemic hit. We lost. That was awesome. I'm sorry, that was great. You think how many sound effects do you have? Uh, too many. Yeah, this is great. I love this. Um, but yeah, we uh, lost all of our clients as soon as the pandemic hit. Force majeure, uh, mm. con- part of our contract, acts of God. We lost all of. We lost like half a million dollars in a day. Um, and clients, and yeah, half a million dollars. Oh, and clients. So like, pretty much the rest of our year was already booked out for clients. Yeah. Um, in March. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of clients and it was like half a million dollars gone. And so at that point, we're like, what do we do? We had a we had a studio um, in Glendale. Um, and we were just like, how do we pay for the studio? How do we pay ourselves? What do we do? We didn't know. Um, and another comedian did, a, during the pandemic, this is like months in, another comedian did a comedy show, a uh, virtual comedy show. Um, and 
Tony, my business partner, got was with the camera operator for that. And he came back afterwards like, Brennan, this dude made like a lot of money. And one night his following isn't even close to as big as the people we work with. Like, maybe we could do this. And I was like, let me think about it. And so we figured out, oh, maybe we could do it in the back of our building, paint the back wall. And maybe we could do it. I hit up Tony Baker. I was like, yo, man, like, we should do this. And he was like, I don't do virtual comedy shows. I was like, damn, I should have presented you a painting. You know what I'm saying? I would have brought him a painting. He would have done it. And I was like, damn it. So then I called Tahir. And I knew Tahir didn't at the, at the time didn't have the following to really support doing something like that. But I just was like, I need to talk to another comedian and figure out, like, is this a good idea or not? Because Tony Baker, bless his heart, is one of the greatest comedians of all time, in my opinion. But, you know, his, he's not, he doesn't care about doing business. I'll say that. He's not, he's not into the business side of things. An artiste. He's a true artiste. Respect. Um, so... That happened. I called Tahir. Tahir was like, let me think about it. Hung up, immediately picked up the phone and called Kev on stage. And was like, Kev, you need to holler at Brennan. He has an idea that I think is going to work for you. So then Kev called me. I didn't even have Negro's phone number, so I didn't know who, what the number was. I just answered. Kev called me. He was like, nigga, why didn't you call me? I'm like, I didn't have your number. <laughs> like, I don't. I didn't even. Yeah. I, I met him a couple times. Wow. But I didn't know him like that. So what? Wait, what? Yeah. So I'm thinking... You're in the whole operation from so keep your distance is the like beginning of you, yo. That's crazy. Yeah, right. It's it seems so smooth. I was like on the like within the, what the first five first year. Yeah, yeah. you in the first year of our us working. Yeah, together. You were there. Hmm? and it was it seemed like such a like y'all had been doing it for a long time. Well, and that's actually the the experience that Kev had too because I remember the very first keep your distance. We told Kev, I think he had a call time of like 5 o'clock. This Negro showed up at 2. Um, because we already knew that he had already sold a bunch of tickets to the show. Yeah. With a flyer. Yeah. Nobody knew what the show was going to look like. Nobody knew what it meant. His yeah. followers, Kev's followers are special. They are very, very special. Like he, Kev has cultivated an audience that doesn't that defies logic with how loyal they are to, to him. And I think he's Don't incredible do that. for that. It's completely logical. Because he's dope. Give him, yeah, give no, him saying, his credit. No, no, no. He defies did. logic said, well, is an insult. We not we not doing that here. <laughs> not in the building, okay? All right, all right. All right, let me let me let me take that back. It doesn't defy logic. Yeah. It, it exemplifies how incredible come of a on. creator and a marketer come that Kevin on. is. And it and it could be bigger. It and will it be. will be bigger. It's getting bigger every yeah. day. Yeah. Global domination. <laughs> Side effects. You're going to be doing documentaries on how Kev is changing the world. He already you know had what I'm one of those. He already got one. <laughs> yeah, it's on, his, it's on Kev on Stage Studio app. Get the app. It's amazing. Josh Gons did it. It's great. Um, so we did Keep Your Distance. And the first show, he came three hours early to his call time. And he showed up and was like, okay, what's the problem? What do got, I got to fix? And I looked at him, I was like, fix? Like, we're good, bro. He's like, what do you mean? And I walked him through. And I was like, here's the camera setup. Here's how we figured out how the lighting's going to work. Because at that time, the sun wasn't setting at the time the show was going to start. Because we were going to stream for the East Coast as well. And we were streaming it live. And so we were like, all right, so we figured out all the camera settings. We've been outside every day this week to make sure it works. Here's this. Here's that. Like, I showed him everything. Here's how the live switching works. Everything. And he was just like, oh. And I remember he went and st- sat down outside by himself and was just like staring at the staring at the stars or some shit. I don't know what he was looking at, but now I realize what he was thinking is that around that same time he had just purchased the rights to the ability to be able to have this app, Kevin Say Studios app, but he didn't have a way of creating the content for the app. He didn't have anybody who was really like wanted to work with on it, 
And so he worked with us on Keep Your Distance. And was like, yo, this is dope. And then like after like three or four shows, he's like, hey man, I got this app thing. Like, will you guys partner with me? Like, will you guys work with me on this? And we were like, we're interested in ownership. We're not interested in being paid to do something. And he was just like, okay. <sighs> and he was like, okay, let's talk about it. And so that's how Kevin Say Studios really got started. Man, that's that's fire. It was dope. Yeah, man. That's fire, man. It's like, man, it's dope to see. It's dope to see like you behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It's dope to see what Kevin has built. Like one of the one of the most fun things about doing this podcast is like kind of just showing people the space and like people seeing like you know like like that this is possible and that that this is a real thing and it's built off the back of like comedy and creativity and yeah man and so yeah. you know you can get your own custom background you know that right I know that okay I'm just saying I you like be here. the I like the ground roots effect of like <laughs> you know just yeah no it's it. it, it it will come eventually. Okay. You know, yeah. I'm not mad at that. I'm, 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 I'll get, I'll get it. I'll All right. Get it. You know, yeah, yeah. I could just, I don't know. I don't, what would you put there anyway? If it was like, if you're like, hey, I have my own custom background. What, what? Well, this podcast has one rule, and the rule is not to Google anything. I almost Googled just, three times on this podcast. It's just uh, me and the other person's ideas. So right now, the symbol I have is two brains. And then, like, a question mark in the microphones or whatnot. That would look great. And so, the, yeah, it would probably look really cool. Cameron's really good at that kind of stuff, too. Look at him. He's excited. He loves it when I volunteer him to do things. So, yeah. So, yeah. We, we have to do that. Brendan Edwards, anything you want the people to know, anything, you know, do you want people to follow you? Do you want, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, who knows? This This might be the episode where people be like, we got to hit this up. You might get a ton of resumes and, and people. Oh, I don't want you that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want Headshots that. Headshots. <laughs> I don't want that at know, all. Composites. And, you I get know. a lot of that already. I'm yeah, good. I'm okay. good. Okay. All right. Um, but, um, yeah, just let people know what you want to promote. Um, I'd say, first of all, if you want to follow me on my Instagram, it's just Brennan Produces, B-R-E-N-N-O-N Produces. Okay. Um, there's a, We worked on a show recently together, Villainy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be coming out on Caffeine. August sixteenth or seventeenth. You were you were in front of the camera on there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually really intimidated because I was on the same couch with you. What? I was. I was actually like you were talking about the intimidation factor. I was hell intimidated. That's crazy. I was just like, I am not as funny as these people on this couch. Oh man, I I just was like, just trying to have fun. You did great. Yeah, you did a really really good job. Did I do okay? Fun. Was all right. Yeah. Okay, you were good. good. And I feel like I feel like you're one of those personalities where everyone. After a while, it's gonna kind of know you, mm. and so they're gonna, so they gonna talk shit to me. Have, well, no, but they're all kind of. First of all, villainy—it's already there. It's you're already the villain. Yeah. You're already, you know, <laughs> that character. So bringing that to villainy is perfect. I mean, I had a good time. Yeah. So that would be a good show to watch out on Caffeine, and then also workplace comedy. If you haven't seen it, guys, it's on the Kevin State Studios app. Come Rob on. Hayes is featured on that. Uh, that's my favorite episode, Weatherman episode. If you don't laugh, I will personally give you... If you don't laugh at that episode, I will personally pay for your subscription for the year for Come On Say Studios app. Wow. That's how I okay. feel about it. All right. Um, because, I mean, I, can you watch that episode without laughing? I, I enjoy watching it. I find different stuff every time. Every time. You know, and it's... Yeah. yeah it's, There's it's so dope. many subtle things in, in every episode. Like, And if you're a fan of the app, if you're a fan of Come On Stay Studio, Rob Hayes, Tahir, Tony Baker, you will see... Endless Easter eggs 
in those shows, in the workplace comedy episodes. Because we out here like that. And I'm in it yeah. too sometimes. Yeah. I do like how the whole building is is involved in, you know, like, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's dope what you guys got going on with workplace comedy as well as all the other stuff on the Kevin Stage Studios app. Um, thanks so much for coming through the podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. you having me. It was, really, it was a good time. Of course. I'm happy we got to talk about mushrooms, politics. Yeah. Origin stories. A little stories bit of everything. Yeah. You know, my, my fears, you know, my past, you know, your your history, which was amazing, You given the fact that you weren't on. Time. But it's okay, you know? Oh. <laughs> See, and the thing is, Rob, you just planted the seed that now we get to have a, 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 this type of relationship. Yeah. No, I, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Okay. I'm ready now. I wasn't ready then. I'm at you, full I, strength most now. Most people don't want this smoke. Yeah, but if you I'm, I'm ready for the smoke. I, Cameron, yeah, you, I'm you a heard bit that? of a smoker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Those are my shots, by the way. All right. All right. Actually, my shots sound like that was more like a nine millimeter. You got like a forty-five or like. A... I don't. I don't. There have been complaints about the the quality of of the gun sound, and we are working on that. Don't right, worry. Thank you. Me and the team is That's like we're a... getting together. We're working on the gun. It was, sound a, cute, it was a cute BB gun kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Reload is strong though. That's a the good reload. reload yeah, is the reload strong. is strong. Yeah. <laughs> That's reload? why I'm, I'm way heavier. I'm reloading way more than I'm shooting. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mad ammo. All kind of. All kind of. Issues with with my firearm. All bark, no bite. Got mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. My fun.